16 minutes it is before 9 p.m. We're under the microscope and this evening we shine a spotlight on school nutrition. Now many of you would be familiar that uh, many young pupils in South Africa have access to the National School Nutrition Program which means they're able to get nutritious meals uh, at a school to uh, I guess not only ensure their own development uh, but uh, to uh, uh, catalyze and facilitate the learning process because akomdana unakufunda elambi lo kanye ngafumana ngando yaphansi kwembumlo that being said uh, it seems that uh, what uh, with COVID-19 and the rotation of uh, attendance by different classes that many of those who don't attend school every day miss out on school meals on the days where uh, they don't have to attend school. And in the case of some of those who can access those meals, uh, they have to access scholar transport to be able to get to the school to access those meals. Now, Equal Education and uh, their law center in Section 27 uh, say they continue to urge the Department of Basic Education to develop uh, a program to make sure that these meals uh, get to learners who can't access scholar transport to fetch the meals on days that they don't have classes. Now, they've also recommended that the Department arrange food parcels and vouchers for learners and they want learners to be reminded that meals can also be collected at schools close to where they live and not necessarily where they attend. Stacy Jacobs, uh, uh, who's an education researcher at Equal Education, joins me now on the line. Stacy, uh, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, good evening, Ayabonga, and hi to all your listeners. Thank you so much for having yeah. me on your show yeah, thank you so much for uh, taking time out to speak to us. Uh, you guys have done a bit of work here with some of your equalizers who are the members of Equal Education uh, of uh, a school-going age. Um, maybe just talk us through the process of uh, undertaking the survey, the methodology you guys used, uh, before we get to some of the findings that you guys were able to uncover. Sure, absolutely. So, Equal Education, just to add, we've been monitoring the rollout of the National School Nutrition Program in a number of ways. So one way is to analyze the court-ordered reports um, that we receive on a regular basis from the National Department of Basic Education and our provincial education departments. And another way is to, to figure out, to get a sense of what is happening on the ground our learner members who are called equalizers. Um, so in September and October, we ran two separate surveys um, with our learner members to find out what what the what the implementation of the NSMP was like on the ground. Um, learners filled out uh, online forms, and uh, there were very specific questions covering what their barriers to accessing the National School Nutrition Program was, um, why. Um, certain like specific issues they might have with the program in terms of quality of food. Um, we also asked questions around um, other barriers such as scholar transport and whether or not they need scholar transport to food on days that they were at home. And um, yes, <laughs> those, are, those are generally the, and, the themes. Yeah. Okay. And of course, you guys uh, have equalizers based in a, a, a wide array of provinces. Uh, and maybe yes. the first finding that I'd be interested in is how many, I guess, of the students uh, on days where they weren't anticipated to attend or expected to attend classes were, were able to access the, the National uh, School Nutrition Program. Sure. So our most recent survey was conducted between the 15th and 20th of October. And we surveyed mm. around 192 learners from five provinces that Equal Education organizes in, so the Eastern Cape, Gauteng, KwaZulu-Natal, Limpopo, and the Western Cape. So 
so much that we surveyed, 143 of them are attending school on a rotational basis or only on some days because um, mm. so, so that schools can observe COVID-19 protocols. And of the 143 learners that said that they are attending school on some days, 135 said that they don't get meals on days that they are not at school. And, you know, this, is, this really has dire consequences for learners on their ability to concentrate on, it's, it's impossible to, to learn and concentrate on it when you have, when you're hungry, um, as well as, you know, it's, it's, it's this nutrition meal promotes their health as well. Um, so we saw that only eight learners said that they were receiving meals when they were not at school. So, so I mean, when when you think about um, the implications of this, not just for their own learning experience and, uh, you know, just uh, broadly the question of food insecurity, which uh, has certainly become more pronounced in uh, uh, in the hard lockdown and uh, during this moment of COVID-19, I think Gift of the Givers was saying uh, that uh, the levels of hunger that they've seen in the Eastern Cape um, are probably worse than some of the war situations they've been able to interact with in the Middle East. Um, what are some of the things that you're suggesting as a way to at least be able uh, to make the a school nutrition program a contributor uh, to resolving this kind of food insecurity that uh, is being seen across uh, the different provinces here? So Equal Education, along with Section 27 and the Equal Education Law Centre, um, we've been asking for scholar transport for learners uh, to be able to collect meals um, on days that they are not at school, but a dedicated transport mm. service. Um, and failing that, or learners should also be able to collect meals from schools that are closest to them. Unfortunately, the Department of Basic Education has noted that, you know, the only the standard scholar transport is provided. So this kind of leaves learners in the dark about how to get home once they have collected school meals. We've also risen the, um, the option of food parcels, you know, um, to ensure that learners can, can access meals um, or can access food when they are not at school. And mm. um, we've asked that um, we've also asked that... Um, Stacey? Stacey, yes. sorry, sorry to disrupt you there no. slightly. Uh, we need to take a quick spot break. So uh, let's take that break, and when we come back, we'll continue on that score. Sure, thank you. We're under the microscope this evening here on Metro FM Talk. It's eight minutes just before 9 p.m., and uh, we're talking about uh, nutrition and uh, food insecurity in the school system. And uh, I'm talking to Stacey Jacobs from Equal Education, where she is an education researcher. And Stacey, before we went to the break, I guess you were talking to uh, some of the issues that uh, you are taking up and uh, some of the, I guess, representations that you make into the Department of Basic Education. Yes, yes. So I mentioned the need for scholar transport, a dedicated scholar transport service for mm. learners. Some results from our October survey. We saw that 79, so we interviewed 100 and, uh, 192 learners, and 79 learners said that they need scholar transport to collect food on the days that they are not at home, or on the days that they are at home. Mm. 
Um, and of those learners who need scholar transport, 77 learners say that they do not have access to it. So this obviously heavily impacts their ability to access the food that is that they are entitled to under the National School Nutrition Program. Um, we've also, uh, like I mentioned, we've asked for the feasibility of school vouch of, of food parcels. But the DBE has noted that food parcels are more expensive and, you know, this constrains the budget, the, the budget quite a bit. Um, we have proposed that, you know, the, the, the government should consider requesting additional funding for the National School Nutrition Program so we can see its proper implementation. And all, well, over 9 million learners rely on it to be able to access the meals that they qualify for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I guess you, you guys always use a combination of advocacy, engagement, um, and even at times litigation. Uh, what's your sense, I guess, of how the DB, if you have indeed engaged them, uh, how they are responding to this and whether or not in the context of the fiscal consolidation, we're seeing the cutback in particular of education budgets, whether or not this is something that could in the short term be possible? Because uh, we certainly saw in the medium term budget policy statement that uh, much of the burden of adjustment has fallen on basic education and uh, broadly the higher education sector as well. Yeah, absolutely. It it is of huge concern to us that um, very important priorities for education are falling by the wayside when to um, redirect funds elsewhere, um, especially to failing uh, SREs. I think that... um, and that you know this is such an important this is such an important um, program that is run by the government and it's also considered one of the most effective um, one of the most effective programs and surely there's just no there there shouldn't be a way um, that with there shouldn't be any barriers to vulnerable learners who rely on this meal daily um, yeah. And then uh, the other question, you know, I guess others might be asking is, um, uh, you know, the difficulties of, of how some of these projects are administered, uh, because what one does find, I guess, is an uneven application of how these nutritional programs are undertaken. In some cases, you know, the schools take charge of it. In some cases, they sort of opt to outsource it and give it out uh, uh, to, uh, to other local service providers. What implications does that have for how some of this food is delivered or not delivered? Um, Ayabonga, I am not able to give you a direct answer on on that question, but different. Um, you you are correct in saying that there are different um, systems in across different provinces, mm. and um, you know there are a number of things that contribute to the rollout or the implementation of the National School Nutrition Program, and I guess that effective. Um, effective systems in place are, are crucial or central to to its rollout and then well-functioning ones too. Mm, mm, mm. And, and so I guess you're also raising this in anticipation or in the context of um, a potential, I guess, return to a harder lock. 
lockdown. Um, and I want to return to this theme again because uh, we saw in the first lockdown that uh, there really wasn't a plan around how we're going to deal with the school nutrition element. Uh, yes, kids aren't going to school, but um, they have become accustomed to and uh, are entitled to be able to receive nutritious meals at school. And you saw different provinces doing different things. What are the one or two things that you're saying if we are to go back to a much heavier lockdown level than maybe the alert level where we are now on level one? Uh, about how we approach dealing with the National School Nutrition Program in a context where there are restrictions on mobility and restrictions on class sizes and, by extension, the number of children that are able to go to school? So we've maintained that if there is a second outbreak of COVID-19 and we need to go to a a different or harder lockdown, um, we've said that the DVE to rolling out the National School Nutrition Program Despite um, despite that, and we've actually received a response from the Director General at the DBE, Matsuzima um, Mweli, who has said that should we go into a harder lockdown, the DBE will commit to providing meals for learners um, who qualify for um, for the National School Nutrition mm. Program every day. Okay, Stacey, we'll have to leave it there and uh, I wish you all the best. And, and maybe just before we, we, we let you go, I mean, what, what are some of the next steps here for yourselves, your law center uh, alongside Section 27? What, what, tactically, I mean, in terms of what it is that you're going to do, where to from here? So, we've, so up until now, we've been analyzing the progress reports that have been ordered by the court. So, re- and then provincial education departments regularly submit those. We've been doing ongoing monitoring and analysis of them, but we expect that there will be fluctuations in the uptake of the National School Nutrition Program as learners mm. enter into exam season. Um, you know, if there's anything that is, you know, if there's any indication that there has been extensive problems with with the uptake as we approach exam season, we definitely will um, consider engaging with or continue engaging with the DBE and provincial education department mm. as we have been doing up until now. But like okay. I said, we do right. expect that, that there will be um, some sort of fluctuation in, in the uptake of meals. Sure, sure. Okay. Stacey Jacobs, thank you very much for your time and I wish you all of the best in those engagements and deliberations with the Department of Basic Education. Stacey Jacobs is the education researcher at Equal Education, who alongside the Equal Education Law Center in Section 27 have uh, urged the Department of Basic Education to develop ways to make sure that uh, the National School Nutrition Program uh, is able uh, to reach students who might not be attending school on that particular day or uh, who might not be able to have access to scholar transport to be able to fetch the meals at school on the day where they are not expected to be at school. 9 p.m. is the time. We're going to have to leave it there, folks. As always, a pleasure to be with you. We're back with you again tomorrow, same time, same place. Have yourself a great evening.